You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 288. Welcome to The Lively Show. I'm your host, Jess Lively, and this podcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra presence to your everyday. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. Today's episode is brought to you by FreshBooks. FreshBooks is bookkeeping software that I love using. I love it as much as Instagram. I'm not even kidding when I say that. It's such a joy to go into. The platform is so intuitive and easy. They even allow you to upload your logo so when you get in there, the color matches your website. You feel like you're at home, literally, because it looks like your online home once you have it all customized as such. And it's just so simple. I mean, I love sending out the invoices for our clients and sponsors, and then I can see when they've been paid. It automatically tracks all of that stuff. It tracks my expenses. It makes it super easy for my bookkeeper and I to use together so to know what's going on. And it's just really, like I said, one of my very favorite platforms. Been using it since 2012 as a client of theirs and just cannot recommend it enough. So if you wanna give this a shot and see if you enjoy it as much as I do and your inner voice is like, yeah, I'd rather try something a little different than what I've had before, or maybe you're just starting to get into business and you need a bookkeeping software, please try it for 30 days for free by going over to freshbooks.com slash lively. I hope you love it as much as I do. Now let's move on. Today's client session is with Sierra Molesworth. And this one is all around the subject of freedom. Freedom is something that we as souls or entities, human beings, whatever you want to call us, we are often looking for the freedom and the ability to choose. So that's kind of the freedom of choice, essentially. And we're going to talk all about that and the most common ways people build cages for themselves in their lives and how to break free of those self-imposed cages. So if you've ever struggled with self-doubt, judgment, eating issues, resistance to your inner voice, can I get an amen on that one? I get a lot of questions on that in Instagram and over on email. And also negative self-talk and any other trap in your life, this episode is for you. I also share with Sierra in this episode how I have found a very powerful way to shut down the mind's negative stories about who we are. So that might help you as well. Let's go to the show. All right. Well, thank you for letting us all listen in on your very private life. Now, I have no idea what we're going to talk about today, but I'm excited that I get to work with you. I'm very excited. I've been waiting for this for a while. Were you excited when you saw the Instagram story? So I messed up and signed up for your London one. Oh, really? I was up in the middle of the night. I couldn't sleep. And I went on Instagram and you had just posted it. And I was like, oh, my God, it's a sign from the universe. But I wasn't in London. And that's when they were in person only. Right. So then I was like, well, I'll get on the next one. And when when I saw your post, there were only two spots left. So you got in. You manifested it. All right. Well, here we are. So what have you been dreaming of talking about? How can we help you today? So I want to say first, something interesting came up to me, like nerve wracking to talk to you because I followed the show for so long and I watched all of your Instagram lives last week and I learned a couple things from there too that I actually wanted to address, but I think it, I kind of got it. My ego felt like I didn't deserve your time. Oh, okay. Like, or I didn't have anything big enough. Like I see all these people that talk to you and like they have these huge transformations and stuff. My ego was like, oh, you're doing fine by yourself. You don't have anything big enough worthwhile. And I'm like, yes, I do. Yeah. 
Okay, all right, this is beautiful. So let's go straight down. I'm calling this the bobblehead move. We're going to go down. We're going to bobble your head, your beautiful awareness that you truly are. <laughs> We've seen the wine story or a little piece of it. Let's go down. Are you a heart or a gut person? I am definitely a gut person. Okay, so go down to that gut and ask, is it true that I don't have anything worth talking to Jess about? No, I have a lot of things. Now, this is the million-dollar hot sauce, okay? We're going to ask it what to talk about. Okay. What should we talk with Jess about? I just heard life. Life, okay. Anything else besides life in her voice? Any other topics? I'm getting more of like lifestyle vibe, like change in life. Lifestyle and change? Lifestyle change. Okay. Yeah. All right. Do you want to change your lifestyle? Oh, (laughs) I just got back from Mexico and I didn't want to come back. All right. Okay. Now quickly, bobblehead down. Why did I not want to come back from Mexico? Inner voice. (sighs) Because it's beautiful there. Wait, what did you hear? What are the words? Just just be the reporter telling me word by word what you heard. It could just be one word. It doesn't have to be a whole phrase. Well, I'm getting like life is free and easy there. Something like that. Free? Well, what did you? Okay, beautiful. You said I'm getting like, so you're starting to get, you're starting to receive. Good sign. You're listening. Um, what did you receive? The word free? Free. All right, so let's go with free. Did I feel more free there? Inner voice. Yes. All right, why did I feel more free there? Because I was uninhibited. Uninhibited. Okay, now you got to listen and be a reporter. No context, no story around this, okay? How am I inhibiting myself? How am I putting myself in a box at home? I'm having a hard time hearing anything. Is the mind getting pretty active, though? Yes. Okay. It's a favorite character. It's like, wait, I'm used to having all the attention. It's like a little four-year-old in front of a video camera, like jumping and leaping in front of the camera. You know, it's there. It's used to being heard and seen. It wants to steal the show. Okay, mind. Why is this scaring you right now? Because it wants to control things. Okay, let's do a little bobblehead up. Ask the mind. What do you want to control? I heard everything. (laughs) Yeah, I knew it was going to be everything. I had a feeling that was the answer. Okay, inner beautiful mind, bobbleheading up, up, okay? It's kind of fun, right? We don't have to just bobblehead down. Yes, we want to train ourselves to go down more than up, but we're, we can go both. So in the mind's mind, why do you want to control everything? To keep everything safe. Yeah. Is it scary out there, mind? It's scary out there. Why is it scary out there, mind? Because you can't control everything. Okay, now let's bobblehead down. Inner voice. Do I need to control everything? No. Why not? Bobblehead down. Because the universe will take care of you. No, what did you hear? You probably didn't hear that. That sounds like a thought. I'm feeling it. Like, I feel like I don't get, like, words. Okay. I feel like I get a feeling that, like, I moves towards words. Beautiful. Now, what I'd love you to do, because what I'm also thinking since we are sharing this as an episode, is if you can explain and convey that as less mind as possible and more sensation as possible, that'll help other people tap into that feeling too. Okay. Does that make sense? Sort of. Okay. So how did it feel for you just then? 
okay, I felt supported when I asked, like, why do I not need to control everything is because I felt supported, supported. Beautiful. That is a clear, well, a stronger answer and more authentic to the core wisdom that it was sharing. Okay. So I translate it. Yeah. Your mind is getting a little in the pie too much. Okay. So just like be in that core rawness of that supported, right? That was the the juiciest part. All right. Inner voice. So you're supporting me all the time? Yes. Always? Yep. Even at home? Yes. And in Mexico? Yes. Can I be free at home? Yes. Am I free at home? Yes. Why does the mind not think it's free at home? But listen for the answer. This is to the inner voice, not to the mind. I don't know. No, I know you don't know. (laughs) The mind doesn't know. If the mind knew, it wouldn't have this problem. It's the inner voice does. So just listen for it. You can say you hear nothing and we'll ask another question. But I'm just curious if we can just hold a beat longer. I don't feel like I hear anything. Okay. We're right now we're kind of getting a stuck feeling around being free at home. Yeah. Okay. Now, let me just like Sierra, (laughs) the bobblehead. Okay. So how are you feeling about exploring this idea of being free at home versus Mexico and this whole line of questioning? What do you mean? Um, Are you interested to see where this is going or does this not feel like the path you want to go down? It is interesting. I think I have resistance somewhere to opening that door. To what door? Of like why... I don't feel free at home or why I would somewhere else. Yeah. Is there a story that your mind is making up right now that thinks it knows what it's about? It doesn't have to. Honestly, it's stuck for a reason. But I thought there might be a story there if there's like resistance to hearing. Sometimes we don't want to hear the answers when we think they know what they are. So I did RTT two months ago, July, June. And I couldn't go under and like find out what was wrong because like I was resisting too much. Okay, let's go there. Inner voice, why was I resisting during the RTT? I'm feeling like it's something that my bobblehead mind doesn't want to look at. Okay. Why don't I want to look there? I don't think ego's ready. Wait, you said the ego's not ready? I don't think so. Okay. Let's ask the inner voice. Is that true? I don't think I heard anything. All right. It's interesting that... We kind of got started pretty strong, but there seems to be a lot of resistance right now. It's interesting that there's this kind of block, even though you really want to work with me, at least Sierra (laughs) wants to really work with me and wants to go deeper, but there's some resistance right here. Is it resistance to listening for the answer from the inner voice? I think it's resistance to the answer. All right, let's ask this. Is the ego, the mind blocking these answers right now? Yes. Okay. What can we do to help the mind feel safe when asking these questions? Let it know everything's okay. Yeah. Is everything going to be okay? Yes. All the time? Yes. Am I loved? Yes. Always? Yes. Completely? Yes. Unconditionally. Yeah. How does it feel to know that? Pretty good. Yeah. With that in mind, how does the mind feel knowing that's true? Better. Good. Okay, now let's ask the inner voice. Is there anything you could say that could hurt my ego mind? No. No? So it doesn't really need to be scared? It doesn't need to be scared, no. And you love it? 
Yes. You have compassion for it? Yes. Why do you have compassion for the mind when it's so scared it can't even listen? Because it doesn't know what it doesn't know. Yeah. Why is it scared to know what it doesn't know? Because it's afraid of the unknown. Yeah. Were you as afraid of the unknown in Mexico? No. Yeah. See why you want the lifestyle change? Yeah. You just want to be less afraid of the unknown. You don't have to live in Mexico. I'm writing that down. (laughs) (laughs) Save yourself a house in Mexico. Unless you want it. But like you don't have to go do that. Really what you most deeply want is the uninhibited nature where you weren't afraid anymore. Yes. That's what I want. Yeah. And that's what you have. You just had it in a different environment. But inner voice, can I bring that uninhibited free nature to any part of the world I live in? Yes. Including the one I'm in now. Yes. Is there resistance there from the mind? (laughs) There was. I live in a small town. Oh, there's a story. Okay, what's the story that your ego's holding on to so tight? The story is that I live in a small area and my family like is pretty well known not to brag or anything, but I'm also making my own story in town. And so I feel like I'm being watched. Ooh, beautiful. Okay. Well, you have beautiful pink hair. So you probably are being watched more than most people. (laughs) Okay. So is it true I'm being watched in her voice? No more. No, I'm hearing, I'm like, I'm feeling like People are watching themselves. Yeah. Are they too busy looking at their own drama in themselves and projecting that onto me than to really see the authentic me? Yes. That's sweet. Could they ever possibly know the authentic me if they're so drowning in their own ego story within themselves? No. Could they only live their own nightmare and then project their nightmare at me, if at all? Yes. Yeah. Is everybody doing that? Basically? Basically. Yeah. It is normal and it is insane. Quote Eckhart Tolle. <laughs> That's really interesting. So I have, I've done a lot of your stuff. I've, I've read the power of now I've done flow with flow with intention. Um, I, my hardest thing that we just did is, is like comforting the ego. That's the hardest thing for me. Why? So I'm not sure. I just, I never did it. I've never done it. It deserves some love too. It deserves some love and compassion. It does. It's a scared entity in a giant universe it feels separated from. It's not separated. It's within the universe. It's literally not separated from the universe, but it feels separated. It can't feel itself within itself. Yeah. It's within. So like think of the universe like, okay, you know, the like the cosmic pictures we see of all those planets in space. Imagine that's in a Tupperware. And we fill it with water. So all the empty black space between the planets and stars and galaxies is like all water. Mm -hmm. And like everything's kind of empty inside of all the atoms and molecules. They're pretty much empty space. So those planets and like all the matter is kind of the solid stuff is actually kind of like a sponge. Like if you poured water in it, it would just go fill the nooks and crannies in the sponge. Mm Because it's like that's what the atoms are like. They're like, they're not sponges, but they're little empty vessels that just kind of have like a little... They're like little energy balls more than they are anything solid. There's like fundamental particles, but like mostly it's empty space that has like a field around it that they're rotating in. Okay. So this is what the mind is floating in too. Okay. Right. So the mind is like, if you scaled it massively, is kind of like a planet floating around in the pool of water in the Tupperware. 
but it can't feel the water. It, it, it's in the water. It's a part of this whole diorama of the universe that includes the water and the planets, but it can't feel the connection to the other planets or to the water, but they're all touching. Because once you put the water in there, the water is touching everything, right? So it's all kind of getting permeated with this substance. You can call it a matrix. We can call it a quantum field. We can call it the space between all things. We can call it whatever you want to call it. But the mind is a part of this thing, but it can't sense that connection to what we are just filled with water, the space between all things. It's a part of it. It's made up of it, but it can't feel it. And so it's terrified. But this inner voice in you feels and is of the water. So it's not terrified of anything. Oh, I like that. Because it's a part of everything. And it feels, most importantly, it has a sensory experience of connection that the mind does not have the ability to do. If you really get kind of interested and nerd out on this stuff, I like to symbolically think of the duality of this universe or life experience as like male-female energy. Now, this is like a gross generalization and a metaphorical representation, but think of the female yin energy as the emptiness of space, the consciousness, the water, the, the vessel we just poured water into, the Tupperware. The womb is empty space. It's kind of like the black space of the pictures that we see of stars and everything, galaxies. And then we have the mind, which is the male energy. And this is just an allegory here, but stick with me. So the mind and the male energy, literally in a physical sense in our dual experience, penetrates emptiness. And out of that comes life. But the mind doesn't feel the connection to, until you're in the enlightened permanent state, it doesn't feel like your, your physical conscious experience is not of that feeling of connectedness to the whole. You're not feeling that water all around you that's connected to everything. But I, for a brief instant, recently did. And it was incredible. And it showed me what unity meant. It showed me what one life meant. It showed me what all these mystics talk about in Buddha and Jesus. They were trying to explain eternal life or no thing or oneness. I got it. And I was like, oh, but the best way I can explain it is nothing like they say. I just think of it as put the universe in a Tupperware and fill it with water and then feel because really the water is basically within everything. Even the solid stuff's mostly water because it's mostly emptiness. I felt the water. And when I felt that, that water is connected to the other thing across the room and to the bed that I was laying on. All, everything was, was the same because it was all kind of soaked in this vibration that was the sameness, vibration of emptiness or what we call emptiness. But that emptiness is not actually empty. It's just the core uh, network, if you will, of, I just felt the emptiness. And when you feel that, you feel the emptiness that like permeates everything, just like the water. So when Eckhart does a story or a joke about fish and a spiritual teacher trying to explain to fish what water is, the fish have no, no clue. And, and he's like trying to, he uses the allegory of spirit is water and the fish, you know, spirit is to humans, like fish is to water or water is to fish. They just wouldn't have a concept of it because they're so surrounded by it. They've never known anything other than that. I had that feeling. But either way, this world's a scary place for a mind that doesn't feel that. 
Yeah. But that part of you that you're going to hear an answer from is connected at all times to that other part, to the water, to the space, to the emptiness, to the spirit, to the non-physical. So it's scary for a mind, but of course the soul or whatever you want to call this uh, wise voice within you loves everything, including the mind that's within the water in the diorama in the Tupperware. Oh, I like that. So the mind fears everything in the Tupperware <laughs> and the inner voice is connected to everything in the Tupperware. It knows that nothing could ever go wrong in the most ultimate truth. Okay. So when writing to my intuition, if ego pops up like that, just comfort it. Yeah. Just think of it as a little scared pinprick in the middle of a giant universe that it doesn't feel the connection to, even though it's there. That's terrifying to it. To it, yes. Because I've, I've written to my intuition. I set out a time that I'm going to do it. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to get, you know, meditate and get into alignment. But sometimes that doesn't work. <laughs> Why not? I haven't tried comforting the ego on my own before. Yeah. Just all I hear is ego yelling in my ear. So the times that I've gotten really profound answers have been completely random and they just like pop into my head before well, like I feel it in my stomach more than in my head before ego can get in there and say something brilliant that's great milk that appreciate that it's getting through it's getting through it's pushing through it is you know what it's bubbling forth let's not call it pushing through bubbling forth okay it's bubbling up it's just showing up for you that's a lot more gentle, right? It is. That's what it is more than anything. I, the ego is more pushing itself through. It's like, oh, wait, no, 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 no. Don't listen to that. I have something else to say. It's like, I'm too busy in this nightmare. I don't want to, I don't want the gentle wake up call that the inner voice is. I want this nightmare. But you know what the beauty is? The mind's creation of the nightmare is its own recipe for letting go. If it got to have a decent enough dream, it would never choose to let go of the dream. It's actually the resistance that it creates in the dream that makes it want to wake up. Like I realized like nightmares at this point, if I ever have like a weird disturbing dream, I just wake up. I don't even have any like struggle with that anymore. And I realized I was like, well, that's interesting. I choose to wake up when there's a dream that's not enjoyable anymore. For the most part. And it's not like I practiced it or this or anything. I've just noticed it a few times. And I kind of started to recognize, well, these things in my life that felt like resistance are the reason I've chosen to look for other answers than staying in the mind alone, which is what leads to the opening to waking up. It's not like the mind can not become the mind. It's not like the mind will transform into this other thing. The mind will be the mind, but you'll have this level of consciousness that naturally evolutionarily occurs, which is great because it's not on the human's part to do it. But when you're still in the dream and you're having that nightmare and you want to just kind of make it a little easier to deal with in the present moment, which is all you ever have, you do have a choice. So what we're doing is living the in-between. We're living in between. I had no idea I had an inner voice that had a perspective for me. I thought I had to go to every expert on the planet to find answers outside of myself for my own life problems. So we're going out of that, but we're not at the Eckhart Buddha Jesus place yet. 
which will happen like a flowering plant or an apple falling from a tree or poop when we got to make one, right? It's just going to happen. But right now we're in between. We're in the digesting phase. And in this, what we're doing is developing the ability to choose, to bobblehead from that ego fire hydrant in our mind to the inner wisdom well below in your gut or some people feel it in their chest. So you now though, even though you're not in this permanently all-pervasive place of ecstasy, feeling the water between all things type of experience I spoke about, that'll happen, don't worry. It already has in nonlinear space and time for you. But you're just figuring out, as some people like to say, you're just remembering how you got there. But in this moment, you're developing as an awareness and consciousness that you are not the mind and you have a choice to choose between two voices, not just one. Wow. Okay. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. So we're all like in little training bras. <laughs> we're in puberty, evolving into maturity. But the beautiful thing, just like actual maturity for us, we didn't have to do anything. Our bodies naturally had a process that they followed. The only thing that people might be confused about right now is going, wait, 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 how come it's only happened to like, you know, not that many people so far? We're in early days of this evolutionarily. Just like when we have had any big evolutionarily big shift, it takes time. There were some early adopters, if you will, but now I believe in the decades to come, this won't be quite so rare. And it won't have to be the weird like men on the mountaintop that spent their whole lives studying and praying and living in hair shirts. Like we'll be able to do this and have nice lives. Like I don't, this will be the postman. This will be other people, not just the ascetics. I love that. Yeah. So right now, all we want to do is practice strengthening this bobblehead muscle, which is your consciousness, which is strengthening your ability to choose which way you listen. Mm-hmm. Okay. You are going to detach the association and the personification to the mind and the ego story of the mind. And... We're going to open up to the possibility that at least as true as that is, is this other voice is also you or that it is also there with wisdom. And maybe the most, you know, like I think there's different aspects of what makes us up. But either way, we have two voices and we have a choice. We can at least say that. But let's start to identify more as the choice or the other voice than the insane egoic mind. Okay. Now, with all of this kind of speaking to your mind, that's been kind of, not your mind, the mind in you that's been a little scared. How does it feel about going back to this RTT stuff? Oh. <laughs> oh. Yes. Let's just see. And we're going to make a promise to it. Okay, inner voice. Is anything bad going to happen to the ego today? No. No. Will it be safe? Yes. Will it be okay? Yes. Will it be loved? Yes. Is there anything you're going to say that's going to deeply upset or ruin its life? No. Will you bring peace to the ego? Yes. Does the ego want peace? Yes. Okay. Is it willing to try? Yes. Yep. All right. So now let's kind of come back to it. And this is very universal, girl. Why do you think so many people don't do the writing exercise I talk about so much? Because they're afraid of what the answer is going to (laughs) be. I told my friend that. She asked me if I wrote to my intuition. And I was like, don't want to know the answer. (laughs) Right? Well, I wasn't ready yet. Yeah. This was two weeks ago, two weeks ago. So, no, I'm ready. Okay. So what's up with this RTT thing, inner voice? 
I don't know. What did you feel? I didn't feel much of anything. Silent? Yes. Okay, here's a new question. Do we even need to talk about the RTC thing right now? I'm feeling that what I wanted to talk about RTT doesn't apply anymore. Okay, do we want to talk about this whole freedom in Mexico thing? Yes. Okay, let's go back to that. So freedom in Mexico, what did that have to show me about my life? That I can have fun. (laughs) Did I think I was having fun before? Yes, but I wasn't until I went there and then I had fun. (laughs) How did I have even more fun in Mexico than I normally do? Listen for the answer in her voice. I let go. This is great. What did I let go of? What did I let go of? Judgment and resistance. Where do I hold judgment and resistance at home? I judge myself harshly. Why? Because ego compares. That's what you felt compares. I felt compared to, yeah. Why does my ego compare? Listen for the answer. This is deeper than the mind knows to accept. I got a feeling of like scale, like to judge against someone that has more than me. Yeah. I got to compare like a judgment, but like a scale. Yeah. It seems like, I mean, I'm not going to go too far down this. Like we could just kind of, we're going to keep going deeper into truth, but also we can think like categorically from the mind over the evolutionary history of humans, like getting ostracized from a community is pretty terrifying historically to a mind. So it tries to avoid being ostracized. So comparing to others and sizing ourselves up means we fit in or feel special or get to belong, which is ironic because it doesn't actually do that, right? It doesn't actually feel that way. It's actually looking at the differences between each other rather than the sameness. But it's kind of, it's coming from a warpedly good place, but it's not useful and it's not necessary. Anyways, but let's go back. No, it doesn't, we need to, don't need to go down that trail. Let's go back to the truth here within you. So it's judging and looking at the scale and sizing other people up. Is that sizing people up true? Ask the inner voice. No. Why not? The ego is judging from a place of like lack and fear. Yeah. Do you have lack and fear about me and anyone else? Inner voice? No. Are we all good as we are? I'm getting like equality. Like we're all equal. We're all sitting in that Tupperware together, floating around in some Jello stuff. We're not any different. Does that make sense to you when I try to explain that? Yes. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Like when I felt that, it was the bizarre feeling, though, was that I felt connected to the air, the bed, and the dresser, all of the stuff in the room. And that's like only the way I can describe it is to say it's like water and then that stuff is like sponges because then – when you feel that, you're really feeling the space between all the things or that core vibration underneath everything. And you're like, oh, it's not solid, right? But it's kind of like that feeling of like, there's something there that we don't see, but I could feel. And that feeling was connected to all things. And it was like, wow, it was so relieving because I never conceptually could understand unity. I was like, all the humans are kind of like 
connected. Like I, I loved feeling the feeling and it's like not just humans. It's like the whole freaking diorama is connected, <laughs> but from a sensory experience. And I just hope that that little water and the Tupperware with the cosmos analogy kind of helps you kind of think about what that feeling might feel like to feel the water. How long did you feel like that? An instant, kind of like how long does an orgasm last? Do you know if you've had one? Yeah. But does it last that long? Not necessarily, but it doesn't mean that the experience wasn't profound. Yeah. So it was like that. But I have this feeling that it's possible that enlightened people, like more permanently, you know, enlightened people feel that feeling, if not all the time, much more pervasively. And I can see why they sit on a park bench for so long in the beginning. Like if you're feeling the connection to everything without having to move or touch anything, and you're just like, oh my God, this is all a part of me. And you feel that. It's not just a concept, but you're like, it's like having a full body orgasm over and over again, because you're just feeling this. What could possibly be lacking when you feel the feeling of connection, not the concept of it, not the mental construct, but a physical feeling. Like, do you feel connected to your arm? It's like feeling like that, but to other things too. I think I had that briefly. Yeah. How did it feel? Amazing. It's almost like you just cease to be outlined. And then the mind melts down. Because <laughs> then what is it? You can't even cope anymore. When I read The Power of Now, and that one sentence that's like, your past doesn't exist and your future doesn't exist. All you have is this second. And I had no thoughts for 24 hours. And I was just like in awe of what life was. And I was like, I'm never going to go back to feeling. And then the thoughts crept back in and I didn't know how to maintain it. Yeah. I've had one of those in Sydney in a cafe unexpectedly. I thought the world like collapsed because it stopped. And I was like, I looked around the cafe and people were still eating. And I was like, okay, so there's no earthquake. There's no like Armageddon has not happened. But to me it had because everything I knew of my life just went quiet. Yes, it happened to me. I was reading the book before bed and then I couldn't sleep. I was so excited to like just be there and like I couldn't sleep. It was a really cool feeling. That's amazing. Okay, so that's beautiful also. At least it's a glimpse. It's a glimmer. You know it's true, right? Glimpse of it, yeah. Okay, they call it like a Satori. But anyways, let's go back to this Satori right now. So we're at equality. Everybody's equal. If everybody's equal, why do people revere my family? Bobble head down. Okay. Ego's trying to interject here. Oh, yeah. It has a bunch of stories on this, but we're not asking it. Thank you, Ego. My family is interested in status. Am I interested in status at the deepest level? No. Why not? Because we're all equal. There is no status. So is this just the mind playing out a game it learned from people before it? Yes. Can I let it go? Yes. What can I do to let it go? Acknowledge it. See it for what it is. And then let it go. What is it? Judgment. Is it bad? No. Oh, isn't that going to trip up the mind? Did the mind want to say yes, but you heard no? Yeah. Yeah. Why is it not bad? Because it's just that tiny scared person in us. Is that what you heard? Yeah, it's it's just the fear. Fear. Yeah, that's, yeah, fear. If I had a dime for every time I heard my ego say I was scared, 
How can I have peace at home? Don't judge yourself. That starts, right? It's a useful place to start. We look out at other people, but really, if we're looking out there, we're looking inside just as much. I mean, it's all the same mechanism going both directions. Right. So I'm reflecting. You're projecting. Projecting onto other people that I think I'm being watched. (laughs) Well, and like, honestly, the truth is some of them might be and others might not. And none of it's your problem. It's only their minds that have the problem. Inner voice. Do I get an amen? Amen. Is that what it says? Is it saying that's true? Yes. Yeah. You don't have a problem. The mind has a problem. And that other person doesn't have a problem. The mind in them has that problem. Okay, do you have like a a tenuous relationship? You don't have to name the person, but do you have a tenuous relationship with someone in your family? Yes. Okay, the inner being in them doesn't have a problem with you. Neither does yours. It's only the minds that clash. Yes, I can see that. (laughs) Right? It's just these little minds that are ultimately scared. And if there's any controlling going on, you know exactly why. Why would control, if these are aspects of the mind... Why would the mind try to control someone else? Well, I kind of heard, felt like people wanting to control other things because they're afraid. Yeah, of course. It's true. You actually, that's so great, right? You're so getting close to this as like just your life experience. You're listening so clearly. It's becoming how you answer questions. Instead of thinking about them, you're feeling the answer. I've had that before, that 24 hour of enlightenedness. I didn't think, I didn't. Like just responses that came to me just came to me. And I, I wasn't reading with my mind. You know, like when you read something in your your brain says the words in your mind. I was just looking at the words and I was feeling them. Oh, the million dollar question no one seems to ask is what happens when you're beyond the mind? And it's you just feel. You just feel. And you know. Yeah, you don't read, you don't think just happens. But you still have knowing, like you said, you didn't, you weren't like comatose and unable to form a sentence. <laughs> Maybe I was. No, but like, did you, I was saying to someone on a coaching call just before you, I was like, yeah, that's why like Yoda and Splinter and all those like really enlightened people we see in the, the movies and TV shows and stuff, they don't say many words because they're using this inner voice. They're just speaking from this. You don't have to, you don't have to use all those words. No because I've been doing this crazy work for so long, I'm noticing my mind have a harder, it's just the mind, obviously, that has a harder time listening to humans talk now. So I'm like, just get to the succinct, beautiful, wise point. (laughs) To the point. My dad always used to say that to me, which is hilarious because now I'm feeling the same way, but from a different place perhaps, but like maybe not actually that different. I don't know. Either way, I know he always used to say, get to the point. I just wanted to be seen and understood. That was really just the mind Wanting to be seen and understood. Yeah, desperately to be understood. Yeah, now let's go back to your family issues. I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm kidding here. But like, let's go back. So this all comes from status and it's just something that you learned. Is my soul attached to this whole judgment thing? No. And I can let this go by acknowledging it. It is what it is. I actually noticed myself on the plane ride today. Like I noticed my ego having this conversation with this nice lady next to me and like, the ego is coming out. And I was like, laughed to myself as like, if there's going to be any sort of enlightenment anytime soon, like this human is not going to do it. (laughs) It's not coming through the persona. It's not like the persona is going to do it. Like I was fully aware. But the beautiful thing is we don't have to put that kind of pressure on the persona. It's just about loving it as like the little teddy bear that's just scared. 
I think I need to show work on compassion, work on like that conversation. Like why is ego scared and you don't need to be scared and you are loved. Cause I've heard that a couple times. It's powerful. Yes. How can I let go even further at home? Cause you're the reason you're not free. Right. Isn't that <laughs> the way it goes? As Abraham says, you're so free. You can choose bondage and you're choosing it at home, but not in Mexico. You don't choose it in Mexico. I didn't choose it in Mexico. I'm hearing accept, like accepting, accepting, not accept, A-C-C, accept. I don't know if that's myself. Okay, let's ask. <laughs> accept myself? Yes, except, except in the moment, how things are now. Yeah. Not accepting things in the future. Can I be free at home right now? Yes. Am I free at home right now? The ego is creating boundaries. What did you feel? Oh, the intuition's like egos creating these walls. Are they real? No. So you're just telling a story. Actually, I've had that experience. It's hilarious when you start to notice it. You're like, wow, I've really done this to myself. I've really done this to myself. The driver's license, Sierra, has wrangled myself down to the ground. And it's totally not unusual. I did this in a boy situation in London last summer to the point where I had an out-of-body experience at night because, and I looked down and I saw myself in pain. I was doing a spinal twist because my, I had back pain, laying in bed, stressing about this boy that never showed up. And I looked at myself and was like, oh my God, you have locked yourself in this beautiful room in London and have chosen basically to like put yourself in this personal torture chamber and you were imprisoned in your own mind to the point where you're now in pain and you've made a little prison for yourself. And I was like, this is wild. So when you talked about taking the ego out of the back of the head. Yeah. Is that what you mean by that too? Is that that had crept up behind you and locked you in? I didn't have that language at the time last year when it happened, but 100%. So for anyone that's listening, it's basically the mind and you've got it right now in you. So think of the mind as like a basketball of light, okay? Like, I don't know. It's not really light. Let's not call it light, but like a basketball of energy, like a, like a little cloud that's like a basketball size. So when you look at it in front of you, if you put it at your feet, this basketball mind in the story, and you look at it and you say, let's suffer now. Let's suffer about freedom at the house. We can do it for you, actually. Yes. All right. Let's. So right now, let me just give an update for everyone else. <laughs> What's happening is... The story the mind has been telling in you has captivated your awareness, your consciousness, your I am so much that it's like that basketball of mind and that story it's been telling and it's been told really because it comes from the family previous, but it, it kind of that ball crept around the side of her body and then snapped into the back of her head into her brain, if you will and is now lighting up her eyes and her senses and her experience. So she's been living through the program of this basketball size of like programming story. What we're going to do right now is we're going to take it out of her head <laughs> and put it down at her feet. So she's going to take it out of her head, like this basketball sized little circle, and put it down at her feet. And what I'd like you to do is ask for it to torture you now. Now, what is the story it likes to torture you most with? What's the phrase or two phrases? I guess that I'm stuck. 
Okay, I'm stuck. Okay, I'm, I'm stuck in what way? Like what? a little more background to that. Oh, like town, location. Okay. All right, now we're going to put it in front of you. Literally think, like, look, Sierra, in front of you. I'm looking at I'm looking right now. All right, so it's in front of you. Now ask it. Literally invite it into you, to your chest, though, not to the back of your head. Make it come forward from your feet into your chest or your head through your eyes. It has to come through the front, okay? All right, let's have the story about how I can't leave this town. My family's here. Everybody's rich and wealthy. Or like, I got this whole story. I can't even have this pink hair. Everyone's staring at me. Ask it to come into you right now, out loud, so everyone can hear and enjoy this with you. <laughs> come on. Come tell me the story about how I can't leave here and I'm stuck here. It won't. It can't. You can sell it better than that. I'm sure it's got a better story than that. Amp it up a bit. Be a little dramatic about it. Come tell me how... I'm living in my family's shadow and how I chose to not join the family business and went off on my own and people are watching me. People are watching me. Let's suffer now. They're watching. Oh, they're everybody. Looking. They're all looking. I can't go anywhere. I got to go to Mexico to be normal. <laughs> I can't be normal in this town. I can't be me. Now, literally with your hands, like try to push it in your head. Oh, I've been trying to like get it up. I've been inviting it up with my hand. Yeah. Okay. Inviting it up. Perfect. Is it moving? No. Why not? Because once you confront it, it's scared. It, it, it has no power when you face it. It only has power if you don't notice that it gets a hold of you. You're disidentified from it. This is what that means. When they say disidentified, it is not a part of you. It would truly be insane for you to do that. So you can't consciously be insane. <laughs> be so when you do this, you actually neuter it. It has no power over you because it would be, you can't consciously be insane. And if you're disidentified from it, you can't do that. But if it is identified in you, then you can be insane because you don't even realize it's happening. So the other day I had a moment and I was like, oh, it got a hold of me. I didn't grab it before it got me. <laughs> And then what happened? Well, then once you realize what's happening, you can like let it go a little bit more. What you could do also is say, let's suffer harder now. Let's suffer more. You're already suffering. Let's do it. I say, bring it on. Come on then. I love this one British girl I had. She was so sweet. She's like, come on then. And she's <laughs> inviting it in. Come on then. And I was like, I think Americans would say, bring it on. But the British, come on then. Come on then. Yeah. It couldn't do anything. I love, love this tool. I do too. Okay, so what was the circumstance in that moment that helped make it easier for it to latch on and start seeing through your eyes and feeling through your body? Were you tired? Was there someone that irritated you? Yeah, it was like too much going on and it was I was distracted. Yeah, a lot of people get hungry and it happens or they get tired and it happens. Then you got to say, come on then, I'm tired. This is the time. It's even easier now. Come on then. And as long as you do this, it would consciously be insane. You seem insane as you're doing it, but that's because you know you're doing it. You're doing it all the time and you don't even realize it. And that's when you're truly insane. The people that are walking around like screaming outside and they don't realize it. Yes. Yep. We're all doing it internally. They're not any different. They're just like, they don't realize they're doing it out loud. And so we call them insane, but we're doing it internally just as much. But if we do it externally, we know the difference because we're not that unaware. And you, when you have that level of awareness and you do it out loud, you disidentify from it. 
It's when you don't say it out loud that you can really get going with it. I love that. To be crazy is ultimately to not be crazy. (laughs) But okay. So is it still active in you right now? I feel a lot lighter. Yeah. I feel a lot lighter. And you know what I like to ask it? What's the story? If I know there's like it's coming on, I'll ask it for the story before it's even got one. If you ask it for the story before it has one, you kill it before it even gets started. When Abraham says, how do you get rid of doubt? And then they say, before you have it, we're all like humans are like, that sucks because we have it. That's the point. What humans are saying is it's identified and it's the basketball is in their head, right? So if you can catch the irritation and the discomfort and then say, come on, what's the story? I know I can feel it coming on. What is it? Let's go into it. Is it the I can't be free except for a Mexico story? Is it the I can't go anywhere in my hometown? Is it because I didn't do the family business? Which one? Which one do you want? Pick your poison. Oh, I like that. I actually noticed one day I used to do this around dating in London and it helped massively clear so much mental drain. And I noticed myself one day all of a sudden say spontaneously, which sounds weird. It sounds like R2D2 or something, but it was kind of like a fill in the blank, like blank, 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 blank. What is the story? Fill in the sentence like, I'm lonely now, or whatever it was. But I would just kind of say that phrase. And whenever I did, it shut it straight up. Oh, I like that. I'm going to use that. Fill it in. What's the story now? If you do that, it can't keep going. I like that. It's scary, though, because the first time you do it, you're used to being burned by it. So there's this fear of actually inviting it in and going, oh, my God, law of attraction and everything's going to like ruin my life. But it's not. It's just going to be detached from you. You're disidentified. How did you find this? I made it up. You made it up. (laughs) Suffering is a good way to innovate. (laughs) We all have that. All right. So is there a subject that your mind drains the most about a certain subject? Is it this freedom thing and the family thing? Yeah, that's a big one. Until we started talking about it, I didn't really realize that was a problem. Really? Oh, that's what the Mexico thing was all about, but you just didn't know? Yeah, I just didn't know that, like, I created my own mental prison here. And that's why I had so much fun. Yeah. Here's a question. Deep down, bubble bubble down. Can I have as much fun at home as I did in Mexico? I can have as much fun as I want anywhere. How is that possible if I'm freer in Mexico? Because I'm not actually freer in Mexico. How can I help my mind to realize this? Have compassion. Yeah. Let that sink in for a second. Yeah. A pregnant pause. (gasps) Let that one. I think that is part of what I was missing is just having love and kindness for the ego. It's what a lot of people are missing. Most people. That's why they're so busy trying to perfect themselves and be worthy and deserving enough and lovable enough. Worthy. That's a big one. So there's a gentleman I was talking to for a while and I asked the universe, like just randomly, I was not like in centered or anything. And I was like, is, is this guy like cool for me or Z whatever. And I heard love and accept yourself unconditionally. And I was like, Oh, (laughs) don't do that. Okay. Next. (laughs) Here's a question. If you had done that, loved and accepted yourself unconditionally, was he the right person for you? I'm getting yes that like a lot of people are. Beautiful. 
more than more than just him though like if you're in alignment with your own acceptance yeah Eckhart says that when we're in that enlightened state and you're feeling the the water in the in the Tupperware with the universe you love everybody it's just the level of intensity can vary but like the core essence is the same feeling of love that's profound yeah so how are you feeling this is about the halfway mark of our session I'm feeling really good. Things that I didn't know were a problem are coming up. And I think I have a couple new tools in my toolbox to address problems in the future when I write to my intuition to get to the bottom of things. Yeah. And it was fun to talk about the things that I haven't shared in a lot of other coaching calls, like the little basketball mind thing and like asking it to come in, asking for suffering. Yes. Deletes all suffering. It's like kind of like a homeopathy or something. It's like like cures like. Okay, so I know you have a little list of items we want to cross off the list. (laughs) So let's start with alignment. What questions do you have for me on the subject? Okay. Once I booked this with you, I was like, I want to talk about alignment because I was in flow with intention and just thinking about things that like get me into alignment, what lights me up. And like ego has a big problem with some of those things like, but once I booked that session with you, I had two mornings where I just like woke up aligned and I was like, this is the most glorious day I've ever had on the planet. And a couple negative things came up and it didn't even affect me. Why is that bobblehead down? Why didn't they affect me? Because I was so happy in alignment. It was like water off the duck's back. Is it possible to do that more in my life than I'm currently allowing? Yes. How? let go of control. Did I let go of control with the thing that made me happy before? With those two days? Yeah. Yes. One of those days, because I watched your Instagram lives, and ego has a big problem with sleeping in. And in the Instagram live, you talked about sleeping in. (laughs) And that you go back to bed. And one morning, I did go back to bed for like two hours or something. It wasn't a big deal. And I was so aligned when I woke up, you only told a story that said you couldn't go back to sleep Couldn't go back to sleep. But like ego wants it to be like yoga and meditation and sage and crystals. Yeah, the spiritual circus. That's what she wants. Well, if it's fun, you know, enjoy it. It is. But then if I like don't have time in the morning, egos like you don't have time in the morning for all that. Does that make sense? So like you were sharing that you have a piece of chocolate in the morning as alignment. Yeah. If, if the spiritual stuff feels as good as the chocolate, then I'll do the other stuff too. But I'm, I like the chocolate and I'll do other things that feel as good as that. Can you imagine telling yourself the story that you can live a life you love? I know, right? <laughs> what a concept. We've been going through so long. But I noticed that my alignment doesn't come from eating 12 donuts or, and I've done binge eating plenty in my day, trust me, it's not a new phenomenon in my years past, but I don't go to a point where I feel gross. So when you eat or drink things that are aligning, your intuition asks for them or you're just like, oh, this is nice. And then you stop when it's not nice anymore. Yes and no. Yes and no. I think that's so there's still a little bit of ego there and ultimately intuition too, but I don't overthink it either. Okay. Right? Like it's not to be the fun police or the alignment police to yourself either. So I like cold beverages in the morning and during the summer. 
but then ego's like, if you have a caffeine drink, you won't sleep tonight or you'll get anxiety or something. And they'll make this story up around why I can't have a Starbucks. Intuition, bubble down. Is it true? No. Oh my gosh. That's going way against the story that your mind has been telling. How is that not true? I don't sleep well when I drink caffeine. Is it because of the story I tell about that caffeine or the caffeine? It's the story. Is it you heard? Yeah, even though my mind said caffeine, my gut did not. Why does my mind not understand how my intuition sees this subject on caffeine? I'm getting like peer pressure. like Stories other people tell. Yeah. Just like the family stuff. Just like the town stuff. Wait. It's not you, by the way. This is just how the mind works. Yeah. It's very easy to bleed into stories. It's very easy. It's very like thoughts are contagious. Okay. So like a lot of people get aligned when they listen to my show. That's contagious. And that's making them hopefully generally feel better. If it's not making you feel better, stop listening to the show because that would be anti-alignment for you. But for like the same goes for all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's easy for minds to latch on to other ideas other minds have had. Hmm. So not to be like super conspiracy-ish about it and get paranoid on it, but like it's kind of like they're little viruses. And it's not like most of the humans telling them are like outright lying or planting beliefs, you know. It's just like people trying to do the darndest they can with the information they've been given and they've adapted and all this stuff, but it's ultimately always best to go down and bobblehead down. I like that. And that was something that you spoke about on your Instagram lives was the new bobblehead technique, the bobblehead up and down, up and down. Yeah. You're like the spring loaded neck that gets to choose. You're the awareness that chooses these two voices or two aspects of yourself, the wise wisdom below and the human mind above. And what's really cool is we are becoming multifaceted in that we're not just living out of the persona the mind has created as our only life existence perception of reality. And that's exciting because the choice is far more liberating than just dealing with those stories. Like you've been noticing the mind has these patterns and the stories are just relating to these patterns. Like the, the mind loves patterns and it also latches very easily onto stories. And you can see so many people in the world talk about the power of stories and like storytelling. And there's nothing wrong with that. But we have to also, depending on the level of, and everybody also gets to be fully in the dream they're having. Like you're, like there's nothing wrong with that. But ultimately, if you're playing this game and you're sick of the resistance and you're ready for more and this feels aligning to your bobblehead down and it says, you know, we can let go of some of this story, that's cool too. That's fine too. So it's about figuring out which stories we're willing to let go of in the present moment and have compassion when we find the mind's not able to yet. Compassion. We have a theme here. It's the theme of uh, the universe. Compassion. So, okay, let's go into how do you feel about alignment and the subject for yourself right now? I feel like I need ego needs to let go of some things. (laughs) (laughs) Here on the show together right now? Guys, um, I don't know. In general, what do you love to do? Let's like think about alignment. Like, what's like chocolate for you right now? I am obsessed with Spanish. 
I have been studying Spanish. Well, I, I've spoke Spanish for years, but I kind of let it go. And going back to Mexico, like lit this fire inside of me. And I have been studying for a couple hours a day since I got back. Okay, idea for alignment time. What if you watched like a Spanish soap opera for like 15 minutes in the morning? Oh, I would love that. <laughs> Can you enjoy that much enjoyment in your life? Yes. Can you allow yourself to like life that much? Yes, allow it. Does yoga or meditating or all the crystal healing stuff you were talking about earlier feel as aligning as 15 minutes of Spanish I dig soap it. Soap operas? Not right now. Right now, what's most aligning to me is learning Spanish. Find fun ways to do that then. Fun ways. And and like you spoke about, it changes. So it's not ego has this thing where I have to have a morning routine and like that's my morning to get into alignment, but it can change. That's because the mind likes patterns. It wants to, okay, do you know why it likes patterns? To stay safe? Yeah. It, it's projecting its alignment into the future for the next seven years. Oh, I also have this thing about pre-paving as Abraham Hicks talks about. That if I'm doing good things now, <laughs> it'll prepave something for me later. That's a story. Yeah, and it's not a bad one. I mean, I just don't think there's anything wrong with just enjoying your thing now because it's fun now. I like that idea. I just found which channel has the Spanish soap operas last night. And I was like, oh, I'm going to watch this. I'm going to watch this later. Yeah, what a great thing. I used to watch Spanish soap operas. It was Destinos in our high school. They taught Spanish class with a Spanish soap opera they made up to teach kids Spanish. I love that. It was really fun. That's the best thing I remember out of Spanish class over the years. I'm sure there are people listening. Like, I watched Destinos too. I'm sure on Instagram I'll get a bunch of messages from people saying they watched it. Okay, so alignment. Can you just enjoy your life in the morning? Yes. There you go. You don't need a gold star. This is not a chore chart. That's what I needed to hear. Not a chore chart. That's just the spiritual persona being like a little character every morning for yourself so you feel good. That's the mind doing alignment, not your inner voice. Okay, which is not alignment. That's just like faux alignment. All right, so now let's go on to acting on intuition. What are your questions for me there? Well, especially just hearing from intuition more often, I think with working through ego and compassion and having love for the scared little thing, can it change what your intuition wants you to do? Like I felt several months ago this year though, my friends were moving to Seattle and I felt like I should go with them. And there were like signs everywhere and I didn't go. Now I feel like that time has come and gone. So if you don't act on something, can your intuition or the universe like change its projection for you? Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, I don't, let's ask your inner voice. Should I have gone with them? So you put out a little, like a fleece, you put out the conditions and it didn't, it didn't happen. That's okay. Beautiful. Um, I guess listening to intuition more about uh, the alignment thing, getting aligned, like what would feel good right now or intuitive eating or like things, I guess, flowing into existence or how do I let go and just go along with something the universe has put out in front of me? You breathe out a lot. A lot of breathing? A lot of breathing. Because the breathing is kind of pushing that basketball of air, a little 
mosquitoes or whatever, it pushes it out. Get it out. Actually, I did this the other day. The Eckhart, Eckhart calls it the pain body. Like I got tr- the pain body. It got triggered by it's a stupid thing. So I'm not even going to go into it. But it was uh, it got triggered. And I think it was after an Instagram live. So I was like kind of like running all day and like did like five hours of like coaching and then the Instagram live and stuff. And then this message came in about something in Sydney and I got like triggered by it. And I just sat in my hotel room and just like kept breathing out almost like Lamaze breathing. And it like went like all my mind went. It wasn't like the Satori we just talked about, but it was amazing to just blow it out. But it took a lot of blowing. Like this isn't just like one or two breaths. This is like a good five, 10 minutes of breath work. But I kind of got high. I was like, oh my God, is this what it feels like to like eat a lot of helium or like suck it up? I was like, this is wild. I'm sure someone's gonna email me like Kundalini rising or something. I'm not sure. But it was really relieving to get that whole triggered system or out of my body. But let's go back to, for you, with the breathing, do you think you could try that? I will try that. So there are different styles of breath work. The one that I've heard of is you exhale five times. I just made it up. I don't think we have to have something super specific, but exhaling I find really helpful. You was trying to label it. No, Sierra, you heard about this breath work thing through a podcast and that's what it is. Isn't it nice to know you could just have fun and like, yeah, it might align with some process someone else has stumbled upon, but it's fun to do it your own way too. You know, it's all fun as long as it feels fun. I'll try that if resistance comes up for something. I tend to bounce ideas off of people. My friend actually, I got invited to go to Mexico and I made up this story that I couldn't go. And then another friend said, yes, you can. You just have to reschedule these three people. And I was like, no, I don't wanna reschedule them because I just started this new class thing. And my friend was like, well, just tell them that there is no class that week. And I was like, okay, I'll get someone to cover that class. And then if those things work out, I'll go. And those things worked out and I went. So I feel like I haven't tried the breath work, but I've definitely like bounced things off of people. Well, what I like about that is you set up the parameters that would flow right for you. The fleece. Yeah, you put out the fleece really well. People are like, what the hell is a fleece? So like the idea is you kind of decide like if you don't know whether to do something. This is what I did when I had the offer to buy my house and furniture a few years ago. And my neighbor said, put out a fleece. And it's a whole biblical story we'll skip. But the idea was I told the woman, these are my terms and this is what I would need in order for me to do this. And the idea was if she said yes to everything, I would do it. And if she said no, then I wouldn't. And she said, yes, so I did it. And you did the same thing with Mexico and Seattle as well. What's interesting is I have a question for you. What did you think the friend that you asked for advice on this subject of Mexico? What did you expect her to say? Oh, he is like super. He's scared of everything. I'm really surprised he told me to do it. Oh, interesting. So were you hoping that he would talk you out of it going into that conversation? Or what was your expectation? I was thinking that he was going to side with me. Oh, interesting. Because I always have this pet theory that people go to the person that already has the answer that they most already know in themselves. <laughs> um, not for this case. So it's not a perfectly proven rule. But I think that for my life, he's like, yeah, go drop everything, leave. Maybe not for himself. 
Oh. You know what I mean? So I thought he was going to tell me, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you just started a class. Sorry, you can't go. Well, that's great. I'm glad you did it. And it had nothing to do with my little pet theory. But I love that you did it and you put out the fleece. But what I liked is you set your own parameters. Like he didn't tell you these are the reasons and circumstances. You decided what they were and they worked out for you. Can you speak a little bit about intuitive eating and eating when you're supposed to? Eat when you're hungry and stop when you're full. Is it that easy? It's that simple. Easy is a different matter. Okay. All of this is simple. Whether it's easy for the mind to allow it is a completely different matter. The inner voice is very simple, right? It gives you feelings and knowings. It's not a complicated beast. The mind, however, (laughs) will make anything complicated just so it has a problem to solve, right? The mind wants to have a problem around eating, even though it doesn't. It wants, actually, the mind wants to have a problem so that it can solve the problem around eating. Uh Does that feel accurate? Yeah. I had nine years of eating issues, so I (laughs) know this problem well. How sick of it is your ego of the whole drama? Pretty sick. Like ready to do anything sick or not yet there? It's fine if it's not there. It might not be all the way, but it's getting tired. Yeah. I remember Janine Roth saying on Oprah show years ago, how many times have you gained and lost the same 10 pounds in your lifetime? Right. A lot. Okay. Like how many? Guess for now. Like make an estimate. uh, 10 years? 10 years. How many times have you up and down 10 pounds? No, maybe not 10, but five. So in five years, how many times did the 10 pounds go up and down? I want to say once a year. Once a year. So five times in five years. And if you live till, how long do you want to live till? Oh, that's a whole nother story. I'd like to live forever. Well, you will, but you don't need to have this body. Oh, that's true. I always kind of thought I was going to die at 30. Oh, gosh. Well, so did Jane Fonda, and she's like 80 now. So I'm hoping for 80. Okay, let's say 80. And how old are you now? 28. Okay, so you've got, what, 40? No, 58. 58. Is that right? 48, 58 more. The 80 is 50. Uh, losses and gains of 10 pounds Woo-hoo. at this rate. And I remember her making us calculate that out. And I was like, man, that's a lot of up and downing the rest of my life. And then I forget what she said that, which kind of was like something that caused my mind to kind of question this whole insanity. And then I thought to myself, this is like early days. This is like years and years ago. So I didn't have all the tools I have now. But eventually I kind of edged my way into all of this by saying, why did I want when I was underweight or when I was binge eating and overweight, why did I want the weight to be so ideally perfect? And for me, it was, what was it? What is it for you? Why do I want to? Is there like, do you have an egoic number that it's attached to for weight? Not anymore. It used to be 135. That was the number. (laughs) Because I was there at one point and therefore I should be there again. And when you're there, what will it feel? Oh, it'll probably just want more. Well, like what would the feeling it thinks it's going to get from 135? Oh, everything is going to be perfect after that. Perfect. And like what's a feeling that is most associated with perfect? Oh, like happy. And oh, probably loving yourself. Yeah. Love. I get love. If I weigh 135 and I get love, that's a massively motivating egoic program, right? So I wanted peace. And what I realized was that when I was underweight, I was scared of gaining weight. When I was overweight, I was scared I'd never lose the weight. So I was never actually peaceful, no matter what number I was on the 40-pound swing that I was on. 
And so I eventually personally remembered myself saying, I want peace instead of this insanity. And I remember telling my mom, I am just going to give up trying on the phone one day. And I was much heavier than I am now. And she asked a pretty logical question. She wasn't negging on me. This sounds kind of like a neg, but it wasn't. She was like, well, if you stop trying to care about your weight at all, like, would you just like, what if you could just gain weight? How would you answer that? If you were to let it all go and say it, like, what if you gained it at that point? Oh, God. Ego doesn't like that idea. Yeah, right? I had to get to the point where my ego was so sick of the drama that it was peaceful even if it gained weight because it wanted peace more than the weight. That's how sick of it I got. That's a lot. I know. For the ego, that is a lot, right? That's like a breaking point for the ego. That's true surrender. I let go of the outcome because I was like, wait, it never worked. Nine years, almost a decade of my life, I thought about it more than any other subject in my life, and it never worked. So what do I think this next year, like rounding off and capping off the full decade is going to change it? And then I thought, even if I did get fat, which is a very logical question, I said, I'd rather have peace than be thinking about this all the time. And you know what was interesting too is my mind then said, well, if I do this and I'm never going to be, if I eat this intuitively, eat till my intuition is full and satisfied, then I'm never going to eat ice cream. (laughs) I don't know why it said that. So I was like, all right, fine. I'm going to do this, but I'm going to eat ice cream every day. So I put a little like bowl, like a small bowl. I think it was actually a measuring cup. And the point wasn't to measure it though. Trust me, my, my ego had done years of measuring everything, but it wasn't about measuring. It was just a small bowl and it would eat one spoon at a time until I was satisfied, but I had to train myself not to finish the bowl, only to eat until satisfied, not eat the bowl and then everything in the carton. Right. Wow. And I also just want to share about this phase, and it may not be the same for you, but in case it's useful for you or anyone else, there was a period where when I was with my partner at the time, we would go out to eat a lot and we'd share meals and like we just liked doing that. So not every partnership wants to do that. But we had a lot of beer and burgers and fries. <laughs> we were living in Chicago. And I used to kind of not let myself eat those foods. Now I don't even eat those foods. But at the time, I was avoiding them before because of the weight, self-issue, whatever. Then I chose to split them. So I was eating all these foods and, and kind of legalizing a lot of foods. And then eventually they phased out of my life. But I think that there was like a soul healing that weirdly in part had to do with like bringing foods back that I'd previously pushed away and put off limits. So if you go through a phase like that, if you're still following your inner voice, you're not just like binging on it or restricting from it, it's not forever. Just like alignment's not always the same thing forever. That's so interesting. Does any of that resonate for you? Yeah. So I'm a dog trainer. And I work a lot with reactive dogs that bark and lunge at other dogs and people. And one of the things that we work on is allowing the dog to look at the trigger. And when you let them look, they don't react as much. And then you can start to heal that process. But what people's instinct is, is to not let them look. Don't let them react. I don't want to draw attention or whatever. And they like restrict the dog and it gets worse and worse and worse over time. I think it's really interesting to let it happen and just let go of that control and then you can heal yourself. Yeah, that's where that compassion, I think your inner voice keeps speaking to in the first part of the session, right? It said, allow it, watch it, 
It's the same thing that you're doing with the dogs. The mind in you is not that different. It has a series of patterns, reactions, and instincts, and associations and stories. They might have less nuanced stories, but they still have them similarly to the mind in us. I'm writing this down. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Any other thoughts on the how we can help you in any of those areas or go to your inner voice about it? That was a lot of me talking versus going to your inner voice. Well, what I heard was that like with intuitive eating or like with weight loss or whatever, that I need to love and accept myself. It keeps coming back to that for me. Here we go. Okay. How often does your mind think about food? Um, quite a bit. Okay. All right. So this is good. I was waiting for a subject like this we can talk about because I kind of think our session today is really a great gift because it's touching on different aspects of stuff I haven't shared before, even on the show in season five. So, okay. When I was in the dating thing and I had that whole like basketball drama where I was like asking it to come into me and suffer, let's suffer now. I had this realization. There are only two times my mind is useful on the topic of dating. Now, I'm going to tell you this story so that you will apply this to eating, okay? Because you don't have the issue in the dating thing, so it'll be easier for you to see the insanity of the mind in me, <laughs> and then you'll be able to transpose the same application to your situation from a fresh point of view, okay? There was, I realized that my mind was spending all this time thinking about like the last person I dated. And then I went on a date with someone new and then it spent all the time thinking about that person. It just jumped to the new person. And I was like, all right, this is insane. Whether I'm dating someone from a long time ago or recently, it's going to think about this subject because that's the subject it wants the most to think about. So I'm going to let it, I'm going to use dating is as my meditation. This is what I did in London recently. And so instead of using Insight Timer, I used Bumble, <laughs> which is a dating app. It's not Tinder. So it's not quite a hookup -y app. I mean, some people might use it for that, but I certainly don't. And it's um, a way of meeting people and it's an app on the phone. So here's what I realized. Whether I was on the app for eight months or not, it actually hadn't been on it for about eight months, but I was just still wasting energy, enormous energy from the mind going there. So I realized it's going to think about the subject no matter what. There are only two times during the day my mind needs to think about the subject of dating. And any other time, its job is to meditate, which is specifically have no thoughts about dating. At any moment that these two experiences are not happening, the purpose in my life is to focus on whatever I'm doing. But when a text message comes in, my mind gets to think. It gets to read the message. And if it wants to reply to a message, it can think and reply. And when I'm on a date with someone, I can think about dating because I'm on the date with them and I can think about how I walk. And I'm not even, those are mostly subconscious programs like walking, chewing, all that kind of stuff. Hopefully I'm not really speaking too much from the mind or that's just egoic nonsense. And that's not really a deeper connection. But those are the two times when I'm communicating with someone to go on a date or when I'm on a date, those are appropriate circumstances for thinking about the subject. Any other time in between a message or a date, it is not the job. My purpose is not to do that. My purpose is to be in fully in the present moment, whether that's fully being in an Uber ride or fully being with a client or fully being at a cafe reading a book with a coffee. Whatever it was, that was the purpose. Does that make sense? So the app 
was the inverse of insight timer. Instead of turning it on for 15 minutes and then turning it off, it was only when the alert showed up where either a Bumble message or a WhatsApp message showed up on my phone, that was the reminder, oh, now is the time to think about it. Any other moment it wasn't going off was not the time to think about it. Now, how would this apply? When would you find it appropriate to think about food? When I'm hungry and eating and all day. So hungry being like when you're going to select a piece of food. Right. Yeah. Now, even in those circumstances, this is what's so funny. So that makes sense. And you're right. Those are the times. But let's look at this even a slightly closer. When you're picking the food, should you be thinking about which food you're picking? Should your mind choose which food to eat? No. Yeah. Isn't that funny? So should I really think about when I'm texting someone back, should I be thinking with the mind about what to say back or should I be listening to my inner voice? <laughs> inner voice. Right? So much more breezy with the inner voice than the, the mind is trying to project all this stuff on a simple conversation. Oh, I like that. So the same goes for your selection of food, but at least we see the absurdity of thinking about it any other time. Right. Even in those moments. And then when you're eating it, hopefully you're tasting it and enjoying the experience of it and using your five senses, which are, you know, experience with the mind, but not with thought per se. There's this amazing bagel place in town. And every time I get one of those bagels, I just cherish the moment. So good. Yeah. Well, okay. So if we use this as your meditation, how do you think it would change? I think I would worry a lot less. Obsess, obsess, I guess. Yeah. When you have that come up, that's when I would do that ditu thing that I shared. It was like, okay, what's the story now? Come on. You haven't thought about it in 20 minutes. It's time for something. What's the story? He hasn't texted you back. Oh, that, oh he hasn't texted you back. That's a great one. <laughs> right? Or whatever. So it could be like, you haven't eaten in two hours. Like, you know, what are you going to have for dinner? Ditu-ditu. What's the story? So you can use that if you want. As that's when I was all during that phase. And I literally, I just like, I'm so much more even keeled about dating. Now, oh, I also then switched the, the goal. The goal no longer came about finding my life partner. No big pressure there. Um, it became just like enlightenment. <laughs> it was about getting out of the mind. It was my meditation now. It was no longer the success of the practice was about finding the partner. That'll happen whenever it happens and it probably might not even be on Bumble, but I can use that app or at least like dating if I feel like it. And what's interesting is my mind got real bored with it real quick. It like didn't need to keep dating that much to kind of like feel it was legal and okay and was like, all right, it's kind of boring now. Just like burgers, like I said, like that phase where I ate a lot of burgers and beer for a while. It wasn't forever, but it was like a nice year and a half that was like fun and it wasn't all the time. And I still ironically lost weight because I was still eating to my intuition's like desire of like not eating too much. Does that ring true or helpful for you? Yes, big time. Oh, yeah. Any other questions or subjects you want to touch on? I, I think I'm good. What about career and money? Nothing there? Well, I have an ego story around it. Do you want to drop it? I did, um, Marissa Peer has a, like a generic kind of money based RTT that like it's a video record session and it regresses you and you go in and then you get a free 30 minute money reset. So I've definitely overcome a money block. That's amazing. But I think ego still has 
a bit of a story around like freedom from a nine to five. I only work like two or three hours a day. So I don't know. I just, it was something that came up for me. So this, the block is that it's not a real job. Intuition. Is that true? No. Why is it not true? Because it's paying the bills. Is that enough? Yes. Am I defined by it? No. Is my worthiness based on it? No. Am I loved more because of it? No. Am I loved less because of it? Nope. Am I loved by other people any more or less? No. Really? No. Is there any problem with my money situation? No. (laughs) That was a big no. What's going on there? That was like, that was, that's all ego. Not in deep down. There is no problem. How can I see that on the surface as well? I heard comfort. How can I comfort myself? Um, I think I heard love. How can I love myself? Let go and release. What do I need to let go of in money and career? Judgment. On myself? Yes. How can I do that? Way to hang in there and hold that pause. That's great. I didn't hear anything. It's okay. Will I know how to release that judgment when I need to? Yes. Do I need to do that now? No. How do you feel? I feel good. Everybody just basically, like, when they were little, had something happen, and they couldn't handle their emotions, or someone told them to stuff it down, and everyone just needs to, like, cry a bit, and then let it out, and then they'll, <laughs> and then it's like, we won't have the fear of emotion anymore. I would say that what came from my RTT that, like, I was really resistant on was, like, just feeling emotions, and a lot of old stuff came up and out and, like, left. Yeah. And just being allowed to feel how you feel. It's okay. Yeah. And it's safe. And yeah, it's an interesting thing to realize, like, we're just scared of a feeling and a sensation that doesn't actually overwhelm us like we fear it might and only lasts a limited period of time. Yeah. It's amazing when we just let it out. And the more we do it, the more we learn it's not that scary. It's just something like a thunderstorm that needs to roll through and roll out. Watch it go by. Yeah. Well, this has been really lovely. How are you feeling? I feel great. Yeah? Yes. Do you like the little takeaways we've given you on all these different subjects? Yes. I have a couple new things I can try from my Spanish soap operas in the morning. (laughs) Yeah. To my little basketball on the floor. I'm excited to see like where this goes in the next week or so. Cause I felt like I was on track January of 17 when I read the power of now. And I feel like since then I've been trying to get back there. We well, can always reread it. If you find it aligning. I did. I reread it, but I think I read it too close back to back and I didn't get anything new from it the second time. Yeah. I'll check it out again. If it feels as aligning as soap operas in Spanish, (laughs) like use that as your litmus test, right? Like not everything has to feel like excellently aligning, but you can always like recognize it can feel good. We just often tell stories that say opposite, but it can, it can, it doesn't always, and it's okay. We can cry it out. (laughs) That's okay too. And then we'll feel better after that. Ego comes up with a lot of stories. It's pretty much entirely made up of, it is a story. 
It is a story. Your driver's license. It's a driver's license story. It's it is a story. That's it. And we take it less seriously when we have that spontaneous, you know, more than a Santori experience of that, you know, connectedness or no mindness. But in the meantime, we can still at least bobble head down. We can still at least start looking to where the answers truly lie and finding the answers right away in the present moment. It'll be nice when we're Yodas and we're doing this more consistently, but we can still do it when we remember to and give compassion to ourselves when we don't. Yeah, I think that's something I'm going to be working on a lot. And you've got the eating meditation. Only think about it when you're eating it or choosing it. (laughs) There you go. And other than that, let it go. Yes. And it's your purpose in every other moment to be fully present with what is showing up for you in that moment. Yes. Oh, beautiful. Thank you so much, Sierra, for sharing with us. Thank you, Jess. And there you have it. Sierra, thank you so much for working with me. And thank you for listening. If you want to send Sierra a message, you can do so over on Instagram at Sierra Loves Dogs. And if you want to find me on Instagram, Snapchat, or Twitter, you can find me at just C as in Carmel Apple Lively. I know people have been asking me on Instagram and email how to do a client session. This Instagram is where to go. I share whenever the mood strikes and I'm ready to do client sessions that I'm going to do them over on Instagram stories. And once I've posted that, usually within the next hour, those spots fill up. So if you're wondering how to get into a client session and work with me one-on-one, that would be the way to do so. So follow me over at Jess C as in Carmel Apple Lively, and then keeping an eye on those Insta stories would be your best bet. For show notes for this episode, head over to JessLively.com slash Sierra Molesworth. Now for where I'm headed to next, I am going to London next week. So excited to spend time in one of my favorite cities in the world, exploring it on the east side of London this time. I found an awesome hotel I'm excited to explore. It looks beautiful in the photos. Excited to stay there and explore a different part of a city I love. Until next week, may something wonderful happen to you today. 